Hi, I'm Kelly Wand, podcaster and frenemy to the wood folk. You may know me best as the author of 2008's Jump Up video game. I accepted that gig because I thought it would afford me the chance to sleep with actress Rachel Bilson, who wears nothing interesting in the film. At the time, however, for reasons best known to herself, she preferred the whiny embraces of co-star Hayden Panettiere from Phantom Menace, even though I had the high ground. I also once vied to write a game about Vin Diesel's D&D character, because I thought it would look funny on my resume. Unfortunately, they said I wasn't the right alignment. But for once, this isn't about Bilson. Have you ever heard me poorly reciting an opsis like this, but wish to yourself that instead of a movie you'd just seen, I was making racist fart jokes about something older and more obscure? Since 2014 and two years since then, the occasionally annual quarter to three make us watch whatever you want a palooza has been transforming such humble pipe dreams into science fact. If you're lucky, Tom will screw up the math again like last year and accidentally announce the wrong film, doubling your odds to quote win. He may even do it repeatedly. Look who's president. Fortunately, participating in the whatever I just said has never been simpler. First, simply think of a movie. Go ahead, I'll wait. Good, the hard part is over. Now simply donate hard-earned cash that your family's depending on to paypal.me forward slash QT3 or PayPal directly to 3x3 at quarter to three dot com. All one word, the third three spelled out, but the threes in the 3x3 part numbers. Include the movie you pick in your text when you donate. That's the part that trips up many. As in most elections, each dollar is a vote. The deadline is midnight, March 11th. <laughs> Holy shit, that's like tomorrow. When we'll do the drawing and announce the winner and losers. <laughs> the winning movie, i.e. yours hopefully, will form the spine of our March 18th podcast, which all the people who submitted losing entries will have to try to enjoy as best they can. But remember, you have to win to play. And if you're skimming the same fake news I am, you realize by now that every day could be our last. But with any luck, it'll be March 18th, and the last thing people will hear right before being engulfed in nuclear flames will be me, Tom, and Dingus talking about your movie. It's the next best thing to having actual friends, and better in some ways, because you can't pause friends talking. God, that would be awesome. So delay delaying now, and make your movie tastes have to be someone else's for one magical night. Enter the 2018 quarter to three, make us watch whatever you want a Palooza, and cherish the potentially fatal buzz of becoming part of the most elite club on the planet, internet history. Now please enjoy this tantalizing taster of what you could inflict on the hearing of dozens, and thank you for farting. Hello, welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Red Sparrow. My name is Tom Chick. I'm here with Christian Mertwowski. Under no circumstances will I reveal my true name. And with a Red Sparrow tagline, maybe two, maybe three, sometimes we get four of them, we have Kelly Wand. Atomic Swand. Hmm. Wand. See? It's a three. It's three for. Could have could have gone worse than that. What what else do you got? <laughs> that was what I thought. 
It's a five. Uh, red's the only hair color she didn't have, although I might have missed a couple. Uh, okay, sure, sure, that one works. Keep them coming. Finally, Ciaran Hines plays a villain. Ciaran. <laughs> <laughs> isn't he the counter? Isn't he the grown-up uh, Sam Worthington? In that uh, John Madden movie where Jessica Chastain grows into Helen Mirren. Interstellar? Uh, Mark, oh, that, that Nazi movie that you told us not to watch? Yeah, what was that thing called? It's called the like 50th Pride. Kid. Like duets or, or duels. Doomsday yeah, Warrior. something like that. But yeah, it's really fun. They have the older version and the younger version. I think poor Kieran Hines had to be Sam Worthington's. The idea is that when Sam Worthington grows up, he'll look like Kieran Hines. I believe that's how that. Dingus, is that who you named your son Kieran after? Yes. You know, I might actually. I, I maybe should take that back. I think Sam Worthington grows up into Tom Wilkinson. <laughs> I, should, I should probably double check that before. In I real life, anyone? Benjamin. <laughs> what is this it's movie real. called? Shoot, jo- the debt. Wasn't it called the, the debt? debt? Yeah, yeah, you're right. The debt. Oh. Uh, uh, by the way, a real quick aside before Kelly Wan finishes his Red Sparrow taglines. Okay. Uh, this is our last week for accepting uh, submissions, of course, as Kelly explained. Uh, a real quick update. In the lead right now, previously it was an 80s movie called Midnight Madness starring David Naughton. That is now tied for the most votes with Zulu starring oh. like a bunch of British people fighting uh, – it, it's a very racially insensitive movie, I presume. Uh, <laughs> never seen it, but those are the two in the lead. Uh, in second place is Killing of a Sacred Deer. I, I should oh. say second place. Third place. The first two are tied. Uh, then below that, we've got a couple. We've got Once Upon a Time in the West, Brick, 2001, Jaws, Midnight Run, Crank. <laughs> Shortly below that, we have uh, Armageddon, by the way. Oh, uh, or Crank the, 2, High Voltage. Uh, crank High Voltage. Yeah. I don't know. Is that one or two, Kelly Wong? That's two. That's one with Bay Ling. Oh, that's why the yeah. – I see. Shocker. Right. Yeah. That's why I to Get it, Dingus? Shocker? Get it? Shocker, Get it? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So, uh, the, and uh, just wanted to update you guys where that is. Join us next week for the drawing for that. Kelly Wong, take it away. Are there any more Red Sparrow taglines? No, but they have a week to enter, right? Not – when they listen to this, they're already too late. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got it, but I don't know. The way you said it made it sound, although I said earlier in the thing I did. Right, we'll do the drawing next week. Yeah. So I don't remember what I said, too. Get your votes in before next week. All right, Red Sparrow taglines. Is that, was that all of them? I want one more. Um, Give me your best one. It's a movie. <laughs> okay. It's tough. I saw it in German without wanting to. So. Ah, well that'll okay. Well okay, then let's let's get into this. Dingus, don't spoil Red Sparrow. Tell the listeners a little bit about it. All right, this week we saw Red Sparrow, mm-hmm. a two thousand eighteen American mystery spy thriller movie. Oh, about see, how... Yeah, see, it's hard to believe. <laughs> I thought it was about... a comedy. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Mystery spy thriller comedy movie. About how a mocking jay becomes a sparrow. It was directed by Francis Lawrence and written by Justin Haith, based on the novel of the same name by Jason Matthews. It stars Bill Camp, Matthias Schoenertz. Tom knows him. (laughs) We all do. Well, at least Dingus and I do. Yeah. 
Uh, I wasn't from, invited that night. <laughs> you were invited to Rust and Bone. Uh, Telka, I'm sorry, Tekla Royton, Jolie Richardson, Joel Edgerton, and Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, they should have Joey Lauren Adams, and then they could add the three Joes. (laughs) (laughs) Three Joes. She's super Russian sounding. Red Sparrow is rated R. What? For For Russia. For strong violence. What? Not weak, Mm -hmm. uh, strong violence. Also Mm -hmm. torture. Mm -hmm. Sexual content. Mm -hmm. Language. And some graphic nudity. Kelly one, Which means any, a penis, I think. Is there anything yeah. missing from, from that uh, disclaimer there, Kelly Wan? Uh, for the dubbed into German version I saw without subtitles or anyone except German strangers, some German. <laughs> <laughs> Please mark that on the VHS box. So uh, Red Sparrow know. is at 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, just right uh, down the middle. Oh, it's like, like half of it. It's like right across the plate. They Just 50%. <laughs> Uh, on Metacritic, it's at 54, uh, so it's a little bit – it's a little bit of a curveball on Metacritic. Cinema score, uh, idiots were like, uh, eh, I don't know, yeah, uh, hmm, and they gave it a B. They don't, oh. that's, you know, that means they didn't like it. It like did, however, it. open at number two, hmm? the number two biggest opening in America. It came in uh, second behind uh, Black Panther still going strong. It made, I think, like $61 million this this weekend. Uh, what is this, four weekends in? Uh, and uh, Red Sparrow came in at number two with uh, $17 million. They are similar titles. They yeah. are, aren't they, Kelly Wan? Color uh-huh. Animal, Color Animal, Color Animal. Right, it's a yeah. template. Yeah. That's Kelly Wan, since a human being is a puzzle of need, I <laughs> need you to give me a Red Spropsis. <laughs> So you took out an A. Usually you add letters. <laughs> That's what I would call a synopsis of Red Sparrow, and I need one. Need it. Yeah, give, right. me what I, give me what I want, Kelly Wan. Charlotte Rampling is telling you into your ear. She's whispering, give him what he wants. Like really, just really I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm going to give you what you need. <laughs> Unlike Damon Lindelof. Wait. Red Sparrow's. <laughs> The following is based on a version dubbed into German. Accents in actual movie may be worse. <laughs> <laughs> J-Lore is Russian and brunette and trying not to look hot. Yet. But my dick's all, yeah, right. She comes into an apartment living room where on the couch sits an old woman wearing a bowl of spaghetti on her head, trying to eat a spatula. She's all, Mom! Your eating lessons are coming along so well, it's almost like we look vaguely related. Meanwhile, at night in a park, Tom Buchanan buys some weed, but a car's tailgating him, so he gets annoyed and takes it out on the sidewalk with his gun. (laughs) We don't get many great Gatsby callbacks on on this podcast. Yeah, remember when he shot the sidewalk in that because he was rich? (laughs) The car driver all... The car's driver's all, hey, you, that sidewalk's cool, and tries to trick Buchanan by running him down. Tom Buchanan (laughs) tricks him by outrunning the car and then running through some traffic, and the guy's chasing him, crashing, and forgetting to open their car doors. 
you need to give chase. Meanwhile, in a concert hall, Jailor waits backstage in a tutu while her teacher, Judy Dench, is all, Okay, remember, when you're out there, try not to think of Portman or Darren. <laughs> Unless it's Jane Got a Gun Portman. Edgerton will help. Or Noah Aronofsky. <laughs> Jailor's all, What? Instead of waiting for an answer, she goes on stage and twirls around. Her partner, a guy in a tutu, tiptoes up to her. (laughs) Trapes tiptoes up to her. That's what I think it's called. Whispers. I usually ending the dirty dancing thing where I catch you. I want to switch it up tonight with the flash dance thing where she's on the chair and pulls a chain and all the water comes down and drenches her. Uh, I'll be the water. Okay, get ready. He moonwalks back to center stage, then leaps snarling at J-Lor and pile drives her. <laughs> J-Lor's ah, Jesus! As the crowd's slow clap builds to a stand <laughs> The camera pans back to show that one of her legs is CG. <laughs> but still hot. <laughs> I don't need to know what they're saying. I went to film school, people. I can just, I just need to see the film. The pictures tell me what's going on. So bring it on, Germany. There's a, there's a shot of her in surgery as a doctor turns on a drill and drills into her exposed shin bone for a couple minutes. As the drill bit gets stuck, he's all, fuck. The other doctor finally looks up and goes, no, her other leg. When Jailor wakes up, she finds she has pins in her leg instead of a bunch of drill bits. She laughs with relief. I look over jealously at the pins sitting next to me, then at the drill bits two seats over. If only I could act. Jailor comes home with a cane and finds her mom with eggs on her eyes, choking on a dinner plate stuck in her throat. She's all, Mom! The dinner plate sitting in the row ahead of me leans over and looks jealously back at the drill bits. I only got on the mom's throat. You got... Suddenly, the villain from Casino Royale with the problem eye walks in. (laughs) (laughs) That seemed like a handicap. Seems like... James Bond's going to have an easy out if the guy's hands distracted. But anyway, he's all. I think I'm Putin in this. Uh, Jennifer. <laughs> the, uh, KGB loved your dance number at the ballet thing. Started out a little slow, but that thing you did at end with leg. Oh, so limber, so brazen. <laughs> Based on your dance skills, we wish to offer you job as spy whore. Although, first, you have to go to prostitute school, uh, just a formality. Uh, They're empowering. You'll like it. Uh, But first, to make sure you have what it takes for prostitute school, we need you to cane two people to death and a sauna for us. Uh, We know you have leg injury, but uh, all our normal guys, they forget to renew gym membership. So, (laughs) you're welcome. It's a paid internship. Not, I mean, unpaid. (laughs) <laughs> J. 
Jaylar goes to a sauna where she finds no one working, but a naked guy and a girl having sex and some steam. The guy kisses the girl, looks at us, and goes, Ah, all they told me was I had nude scene with Jennifer Lawrence. I didn't actually read the... (laughs) I mean, what's the difference between that and the real dialogue? Jaylor tricks them by killing them with her cane, which I guess has a sharp tip. She goes home to find her mom's head stuck in the microwave. (laughs) Putin's still there in her apartment with the mom. Putin's all. Uh, Yeah, that wasn't the sauna or the people we wanted, uh, but we liked how you left behind so much forensic evidence. So, welcome to Russian whore school in Russia. Whore, fuck you. I mean... Everyone's dumb. When I write, (laughs) some words are all three months of itch later. Judy Dench stands before a classroom of women in Russian uniforms and goes, Welcome to horse school! (laughs) It gets dumber, is the scary part. God, it's getting dumb. Here you will learn all the ins and outs of everything from peeing on orange presidents to murder. You there, girl next to J-Lor, Mo of Three Stooges, come up here. (laughs) It's Elijah Wood, ma'am. I just have different hair. This is still my last witch hunter character. If, If the princess is... I said front and center. Elijah gulps nervously and goes to the front of the class. Judy Dench is all, bring in the unwilling prisoner who got beaten up for not doing things. <laughs> Some guards walk in with a beaten up looking guy. He looks at Elijah and snickers excitedly and starts taking his pants off. Mo falls asleep, slumping forward. As the guards drag out the guy with his pants down, he's all, what kind of prison is this? <laughs> Judy Dench is all, congratulations, you have all learned lesson Vaughn, repulsion. There will be pop quiz tomorrow. Jaylar goes home and watches her mom screw a cup of corn up her nose. She's all, oh, mom. Next day at horse school, Jaylor causes a minor academic scandal when just as the horny German prisoner is unzipping his pants to rape her, she tricks him by taking off all of her clothes and sitting naked on the teacher's desk. What? She shrugs triumphantly and goes, I might have a few staples in my crack. You were naked? Oh, oh, this is outrage. Now you have killed the mood. I can't rape under these conditions. God. He starts crying as he zips up his pants. You're very inconsiderate. He runs off sobbing. Jaylor zips up and goes, that's my revenge on all you creeps out there who hacked my phone. Don't do it again. Next move, you're going to see right boob and my butch. <laughs> the hackers in my audience are visibly petrified. Dench is all, congratulations, you've now graduated from horror school with a minor in phone hacking. You'll now be working for Jeremy Irons and also uh, the Hannibal TV man and also uh, Daniel DeLuis' friend with the long face in Zelvi Bloods and also John C. Riley. Speaking of Anderson, pretend they look Russian. 
That night, Jaylor celebrates by meeting a guy in a hotel room and taking her clothes off. She's all, by the way, earlier when I broke my leg, that wasn't CG. It was a blooper. They were hoping no one would notice. But God, I was so fucking sick of playing Mystique. Ugh. With Passenger's mother and now this, I got to say it's good to finally be treated like a lady. He takes off his belt, starts whipping her, then strangling her. Luckily, a cat burglar shows up and strangles him. (laughs) That was a lucky strike. Jaylor is all, Jesus, I think I'll hit the bar. She goes down to the hotel bar and starts talking to a guy in a suit as she rubs his dick through his pants. She saw, ugh, I think feel a little winner's bone. <laughs> oh. Wait, there's a, hang on, I guess. <laughs> That's just set up. He punches her in the face and his friends show up and drag him away, telling him he can do better. As they leave, she's all, that's not what I meant. See, dingus. Mm-hmm. Understandably deciding to call it a night, she goes home. When she opens her bathroom door, she finds her mom dead in the bathtub with pieces of skin missing and a plastic baggie over her face. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's all, Ma! <laughs> the German schoolmate in black she humiliated with her nudity comes in, playfully strangles her, makes her smell the mom's bag and goes, she was like this when I found her. <laughs> said she was trying to make gazpacho don't make me come back he looks at her threateningly then opens the door and walks into a closet Jaylor sighs what a day but at least she met some men beside me Paul Dano's all ha ha she keeps getting beat up Next morning, she scours unlit rooms in an exposition building till she finds one with Jeremy Irons in one. He's all, ah, good, you're up. We want you to watch Joel Edgerton and put some bloppiness in a desk. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) She's all, why don't you need to go to prostitute school for that? Floppiness? What? The director walks in and goes, because with that, we only had about 10 minutes of movie. So j spends the day watching Edgerton do nothing, then tricks him by wearing a bathing suit, although it looks like a shirt. Or the bathing suit the brunette made out of her hoop skirt in that airplane movie with Kate Upton where they fight over a surfer that Tom described. <laughs> she just cut some holes into something. It's weird. Never mind. Edgerton stalks her a little, but their conversations don't go anywhere. So she goes to meet Mila Kunis and TV's Hannibal in a hotel room. Mila Kunis hands her some floppy disks. Goes, go and look at these in the other room if you want. There's a glove compartment under the desk with other floppies, but don't look at them. They're really boring. Jaylor saw. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Jupiter is sending. Jaylor goes into the desk suite, <laughs> smirks mischievously. It's me for two and a half hours drinking and listening to German. And just trying to remember it. See? Jailer goes into the desk suite, smirks mischievously, opens the glove apartment, finds the other floppies. Mila Kunis is all, What are you doing in there? Jailer's like, Nothing. <laughs> she doesn't mean to mix them up, but she does so accidentally. Then comes out, 
I gotta go to the airport. Bye. She leaves <laughs> in a car. <laughs> I don't know where you guys are getting mystery. I thought it was <laughs> self-explanatory. <laughs> Although, fair disclosure, I wasn't really listening to the German either. She leaves and gets in a car's back seat. Suddenly, she notices TV's Hannibal's at the wheel. He's all, ha ha, I'm in this car. He drives her to the airport. Meanwhile, Mila Kunis comes out of the hotel to smoke and fart. Suddenly, she notices the guy standing near her outside is black. She's all, oh, <laughs> purse snatcher. <laughs> In Russia? I know, I'll trick him. She's all, oh, look, my purse here has nothing valuable in it. I guess I'll go get another one. <laughs> she throws her purse in the trash and starts to cross the street. <laughs> The black guy races with the trash can and takes out her purse and brushes it off, cooing at it. She turns around in the middle of the street and goes, Ha ha, that purse you're holding actually does have tons of cash in it and my car keys. You've just been coonist. A truck hits her. <laughs> Meanwhile, Edgerton in a car gets a call from his friend, the purse snatcher. Edgerton's all. Hey, Eddie, how's it going? You're not snatching purses, are you? Eddie's all, hey, man, if it's in the trash, play ball. By the way, I know you told me to remind you you're driving Jennifer Lawrence to the airport today, but I forgot. <laughs> Edgerton's all, fucking Eddie. <clears throat> he hangs up and drives hastily to the airport, but it's too late. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence has already got another ride. Now she's already in line to get her luggage checked. <laughs> I don't know why they made such a big deal about it, but I would have cut that whole scene. Through the crowd, she smells him way behind her, turns around and looks at him reproachfully. It's a total, you didn't pick me up to go to the airport. <laughs> he looks back at her apologetically. Eventually, they look at other things. When Edgerton gets home that night, Jaylor's in bed naked waiting for him. She's all, I forgot to mention, my flight destination today was the same airport. They have sex tastefully off screen because grandmas might be in the office. When she wakes up, she's alone in bed. She's all, been on this date. Edge! She walks out to the living room where she finds Edgerton naked in a chair and her German friend from school snickering over him with a cheese grater. <laughs> She's all and straps Edgerton in place excitedly. The German's all and now Mr. Edgerton I shall shave your back. <laughs> muted it and I still would understood because <laughs> I'm a genius he shaves some hair off Edgerton's back Edgerton yawns loudly because it feels kind of ticklish Jailor's all here let me do his leg it's been making me crazy since the airport she takes the keys grater and shaves Edgerton's leg hair through his gag Edgerton's all oh thank you oh, it's hard for me to reach down there oh, 
the German smirks at Jaylor and goes, by the way, I had trouble telling you and Oscar Isaac apart in X-Men Apocalypse because he was also blue. She hits him in the face with a cheese grater. Then the three of them all take turns stabbing each other. So the German falls asleep. Edgerton hugs J. Lauren and goes, oh, now I need you to do my other leg. The next day, Judy Dench catches wind of Jaylor misusing cheese and has Jaylor brought in excuse me, and tied to a chair in a desk room while a waiter stands nearby holding a pillow. Dench looks at Jaylor and goes, How is your Russian accent? Jaylor's all fine. The waiter holds the pillow to her arm and fluffs it. Jaylor cries out at how pretty the pillowcase is. <laughs> Dench is all, now how is it? Jaylor's all, up. American Hustle? That, that was my Russian? The waiter, the waiter fluffs the pillow on her face. Dench opens a laptop and makes Jaylor watch a video of Jeremy Irons tied to a chair. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Dench stands behind him with a gun and goes, but it's Russian for insulin. Irons is all. Master Wayne? Dench shoots him. <laughs> wow. Dench shuts the laptop, stands behind Jaylor with a gun pointed at her head and goes, In the movie Joy, what type of utensil did you invent? <laughs> Jaylor's all. Uh, uh, Joy Buzzer? Dench puts the gun down. She's all, good, you have now graduated from horror school for real. It's <laughs> all a final exam. <laughs> like in some movie Game Night. <laughs> you will now be taken to an airport runway and exchanged for TV's Hannibal like in Bridge of Spies. <laughs> Jailer's all, great, more airports. <laughs> Jailer goes to the airport. The evening's a success. And that Hannibal is shot by a sniper, and Jaylor is rushed into a car with a bunch of people and driven to a different airport. When she gets home, her phone rings. She picks up and is immediately placed on hold. Stupid ending. <laughs> As she listens to the piano music, she smiles fondly at the phone cord. Some words tell me the names of every horny male who found a reason to be on set the day Jaylor broke her leg. The end. Oh, Kelly oh. wound up dying over here. Oh my god. Really? Oh, oh, was... Such a rush job. <laughs> rush. I wrote it going, I don't care if this is good. Oh. Tap, tap, tap. Done. Out. Oh my God, Kelly Wand! Oh my stomach! Uh, I got a maybe serious ab workout listening maybe it's to that. Better yet. that I listened to it in German. Oh, that that it did add. I think there's a lot of value added to this podcast for the fact that you saw it yeah, in German. Yes. But oh I my gosh! Got all the facts right because you know it. It. I mean, the acting's in it's really good, so I could tell what was going on, like their whole airport. <laughs> All right, well, Kelly Wong, we're going to have you go last because you should probably listen to what we think before you make up your mind here. Listen, to, 
those of us who saw it in English. Dingus, you go first. What's a movie that's better than Red Sparrow, a movie that's not quite as good as Red Sparrow, and what did you think of this movie? All right, I went with um, people who are recruited to be agents uh, for the Russians. Uh, so the over would be No Way Out, and my ah. under would be Iron Man 2. Um, <laughs> is Black Widow is the Red Sparrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, okay, right. Um, we have a games. we have a listener named Francesco, uh, who wrote a really great email, by the way. Um, and Francesco says, "I thought this was attempting to quote unquote eat the lunch of any upcoming Black Widow movie, since the characters share a very similar backstory as Russian girls trained to seduce men for government secrets." But if we do yeah. get a Black Widow movie, I hope it's nothing like this. And uh, I agree with uh, Francesco. Um, or Francesco, I don't know how to say your name. I apologize. Uh, I thought this was really bad and really way too, way too long, which is another listener. Chris Markinson agrees with me on that. Uh, I thought it was unbelievably too long. Um, poorly cast. Uh, I didn't think the leads had any chemistry whatsoever. Uh, I thought it was terrible. I really, really did not like this movie at all. All right. I'll go next. Uh, I'm not quite that hard on it. I didn't like it. Uh, I uh, so my over and under uh, are are movies. I'm kind of doing like Dingus here, except instead of being specifically about Russians, they're movies where somebody infiltrates uh, another organization, and a lot of the tension of the movie, even though I question whether or not that's really going on here, is is he or isn't he on the good guy's side? Uh, mm. And you're supposed to be wondering throughout. Uh, I'm going to – well, you know, my under is a terrible movie I saw, and I told you guys about it, uh, with a, a kid named uh, Dylan O'Brien, who I really like this guy. He's in the Maze Runner movies, uh, and he plays someone infiltrating uh, – they're not Islamic terror. I guess they are Islamic. Anyway, infiltrating uh, modern terrorist cells, fundamentalist terrorist cells, uh, and his handler is Michael Keaton. Uh, and there's some cool stuff where Michael Keaton is the, the badass, crazy CIA trainer, and he's the raw, impassioned recruit who wants revenge and who wants to go undercover. And there's all this back and forth about, you know, which angle is he playing? Uh, and then Taylor Kitsch comes in as a bad guy and tortures Michael Keaton really hard, and they have a confrontation. And American Assassin is kind of dumb. Um, and this is better than American Assassin because I do think, to this movie's credit, um, it, it's a it's a relatively smart script. Um I kind of thought it was going to be like an atomic blonde action-y thing uh, because I know Francis Lawrence through uh, I Am Legend and Constantine, and I thought this would be in the vein of those. Uh, and I feel like it's to the movie's credit that it's not attempting that, that it's just doing a standard spy thriller where you're wondering, is she or isn't she? So my over for this, and here's where I'm going to kind of cheat, but it's not really a cheat because this is directed by a woman named Suzanne Beer. She's a, a Danish hmm. director uh, who's, who's really good. She's worked in TV. She's worked in film. Uh, I think she's pretty established in terms of doing uh, American or English language projects now. And I think her last thing was a miniseries on HBO that she directed the entirety of it. So it's kind of like True Detective where Kerry Fukunaga directed the first season, directed all the episodes, and they feel – that they benefit from that, whereas TV, a lot of times you have different directors for different episodes, and it kind of shows because the writing tends to be more consistent than any sort of directorial approach. But Susanna Beer did a six-episode HBO miniseries 
of a John le Carre novel called The Night Manager. And The Night Manager uh, is also about someone who goes undercover to another organization and who leverages uh, his attractiveness, his charisma, his even his sexuality. Uh, and The Night Manager stars Tom Hiddleston as this character. And it is phenomenal. I love The Night Manager. It falls apart a little bit in terms of what it's trying to do with the ending. But most importantly, it has a great payoff. I love the payoff. I love uh, how John le Carre brings an ending about, uh, an unexpected ending and an ending that as you're watching it, it makes perfect sense and you understand new things about the character. And I really wished that this movie, which was super talky and as Dingus mentioned, super long, like if you're going to be this long, if you're going to be this talky, you need to be kind of as subtle and evocative as Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. You need to be way better than I think this movie was uh, because this movie, I, I, I don't feel that tension about is she a good guy or is she a bad guy. I don't feel it worked. I don't feel the payoff worked. I am as dumb as a bag of hammers when it comes to seeing what's coming, and I knew exactly what she was going to do. Yeah. Uh, none of that was a surprise to me. So uh, you know what? Maybe I am with Dingus. I, I really didn't like it, but I do. I guess I, I want to say it's competent filmmaking. Uh, but I didn't like it. Uh, I'm I'm a little unsure about the cast. I want to hear more about Dingus talking about that. Um, but Kelly, let's go to you. So you saw it. I, I, and I just, my heart goes out to you. This, it's such a talky movie and it's so like, it's so funny listening to you confuse who's the mother, who was her roommate, <laughs> the whole airport, the, 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 the tension of that airport scene. That was like a crucial moment. But if you couldn't understand the language, you wouldn't have understood that. So it, that, that but was it's just, also an interesting exercise to watch a movie in another language and try and figure out what's going on from the music cues and people's expressions. Sure. Sure. I mean, you lose the movie, and it's too boring to do sober, but it's too hard to do drugs. <laughs> but it does make you think differently, and it is – it's like if you think about films, it's, it is interesting. Sure, uh, yeah, yeah. In a weird yeah. way. And I have to say, on that level, I was kind of enjoying it. Like, I liked how brutal it was, and it was mm-hmm. – it seemed shot really well. Um, and I was – my under's ghost in the shell because I was kind of I was more bored during that than I was during this. And you saw and, that in English, you understood the words in that. Yeah, and it didn't help. So <laughs> there's that. I'd rather see this in German than that in English. But my over's atomic blonde just because it's better value. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I think this is a movie I wouldn't recommend to people, but I was not hating it as much as I w- had been led to expect I was supposed to. Like it seemed, I I kind of, it's the second movie in a row where Jennifer Lawrence is in a movie that I feel wasn't made for people to like, and so I kind of there's something I sort of respect about that. Mm-hmm. That's got yeah yeah I can understand that sure. It takes a lot of balls to go. I'm gonna make something people are gonna hate and walk out of or give a B or less. Like I don't think it was designed to be a crowd pleaser. Right. Um, well then, so you you saw it. So the the voices were dubbed, I presume. You didn't actually hear Jennifer Lawrence's voice. Is that correct? Uh, right. But I even then, I like. Well, they can't have been dubbed if you didn't know what was going on. Were they dubbed? Dubbed into German. Oh, yeah, dubbed into German. German. Oh, okay, of course. Yeah. Because you live in Germany. I thought, right. Well, and I, <laughs> yeah. and I walked through super cold, like twenty four degree Fahrenheit snow like to a theater i thought was playing it in english and then did you wear ankle ankle high jeans and a leather and just like a short leather dress in the sub-zero weather i wore leg warmers and like a baby tee good 
and a bandana. But uh, so, given that her voice was dubbed and you couldn't actually hear her, uh, what did you think of of the cast and of what she was doing and Joel Edgerton? What what was your take on the cast, given that you couldn't actually hear them talking? That's the thing is like I could still tell kind of their relationship, and like you, I wasn't surprised by what she was doing in the movie because she was sort of telegraphing it. So. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, though. Like, if I could follow it even then, it should have been trickier. Like, I think they wanted to be more Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but they yeah. it didn't. It's not, you know, what kind of, I don't know. It wouldn't be called Red Sparrow if she betrayed him. You know what I mean? If she betrayed who? Well, like, No Way Out's not called, it's not named after Kevin Costner's character. So <laughs> the ending kind of works. You're like, oh, it's No Way Out. Oh, wait, see, the title, you could mean something else. But if it's called Red Sparrow. Well, you might not have gotten this, but the, the program is called, and I, don't, I presume this is just a facet of this guy's novel. I don't know if this is real. The, the program that she goes through, they're called The Sparrows. Sure, but it's a Jennifer oh. Lawrence movie. And I don't know. It's, isn't there another program where it's... Uh, the main character is the same name as the program. Black the Panther. guest. <laughs> the guest program. Black Panther, thank you. The Black Panther the program. Ha- the, Black. Ha- the Hannah program. Hannah. Black Panther's a good idea. Yeah, and Hannah, too. They're all named Hannah. Um, well, uh, so, so <clears throat> Dingus, what uh, – because, I, I, again, I'm, I'm torn. I'm not sure what to think. I kind of uh, – watching Jennifer Lawrence in this reminded me in a way of what Ryan Gosling had to do in Blade Runner 2049 – where he mm. plays a replicant. Uh, he's supposed to be cut off from, from his emotions. He's supposed to be kind of flat. Uh, and I could see people watching him and thinking, oh, this guy's not very good. But I think that that's him trying mightily. That That's part of the performance. And I did wonder, watching Jennifer Lawrence do this, she's kind of flat. Uh, there's you know, there's yeah. this sense that she's a, a, a ruthless Russian woman who – uh, it, well, I, I don't know. Like, I don't. I'm not is sure she? if she's if she's if she wasn't very good or if she was kind of doing a Ryan Gosling thing. I wasn't sure if it worked for me. But Dingus, tell me. You you said that you didn't feel the chemistry worked. You thought it was miscast. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. What what were your issues there? You know, um, <clears throat> one of the complaints I had about Hunger Games when we first did that the podcast for that movie. Uh, was about the physicality of all of the actors in it, you know, uh, that, you know, they all appear to be thoroughly well-fed people in a society that's starving everybody, you know? Um, And I was really annoyed by that, but you, you, I think you kind of, you talked practically about that and and I, I understand the practicality of that. And I, I certainly don't mind the fact that she doesn't have a ballerina's body in any way, shape or form. And that's fine with me. Uh, it's just that I don't think she's right for this part. I, I don't believe her at all as a Russian woman in, in those, in the, in that society, in the, in the way the society is working at that, at this particular time. Uh, I don't believe her accent at all. Uh, she drops it in and out of it, as Chris Markinson also brought up. I mean, it, it, there's a couple of times she just gives a response like like Kelly gave during his obstetrics, like, fine. I mean, it really, <laughs> every now and then she'll just say something that's like, that's not, you're not even doing, you're not even trying. Um, and so it made me sort of think, well, maybe she's actually, maybe there are, they are going to Atomic Blonde us on this. Uh, it, that's not what happens. I, I don't, I don't believe her. I just don't believe 
I don't believe her in this part. And I think part of the problem, and, and this is unfortunate, and this is, this is uh, specific to me, is that I did watch the other Francis Lawrence movies that he did in The Hunger Games, The Catching Fire, and The Mocking, both Mockingjays. So he and, did do them. Okay, I didn't realize yeah. Everything but he the did. first one. The first one was terrible. I know that shaky cam, Gary Ross was the director. Well, I think they're all bad. Um, and I, I think that she's just doing this increasingly. All she does is look either stricken or uh, or surprised at something or or sad about something in those movies. I mean, there's really no sense of joy whatsoever or interest. She Get doesn't it. have any chemistry. <laughs> yes, I do. Right. She doesn't have any chemistry with her male co co-stars. <laughs> she constantly has to kiss them, and it looks like she doesn't want to be kissing any of them. Yeah, um, that's true. And it's and then she's in this, and she just looks, you know. And I understand what you're saying, Tom, about her huh? her her sort of flat me in, or her demeanor rather. Demeanor is probably a better way to put it. Uh, and you might be right about that, but I just, I guess I've just had enough of her doing that. And it's the I wrong part for it too. I I don't think that she's carrying. The kind of power she needs to carry or the kind of determination and desperation that she obviously feels based on her character's motivation. I think she just see, she feels like she's kind of sleepwalking and her scenes with Joel Edgerton. I, I honestly am interested in hearing what you guys have to say about this because I felt nothing between the two of them at all. And I don't know if it's just that we're just supposed to believe, well, they're just settling for each other because that's all that they've got. Uh, I, I I mean, I, I did. didn't get that sex scene at all. I mean, they, I mean, she gets what she wants and leaves, and that's fine, whatever. But it, the, there's no heat there at all between them. And I, I wanted sort of more like uh, William Hurt, Kathleen Turner kind of weird heat to happen when they were at least behind closed doors and then, then them to try to hide it. But when they're together, I don't understand the motivation for why they want to be around each other. Uh, I my takeaway from that dingus is, is and this again is I don't know if it's me excusing a lack of chemistry or if it's me admiring that they're doing this angle kind of like Ryan Gosling being flat in Blade Runner 2049 but I don't think that they did have any heat and I don't think the characters as written were supposed to have heat supposed that to it be was a, yeah it was a professional relationship where they're supposed to seduce each other are supposed to be seduced and they're going through the 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 motions and they both know the other person is going through the motions and it's only in the course of this dance of here's how a spy seduces someone here's how another spy lets himself get seduced to recruit the other spy as they're going through that they each know the other one knows that they know um so dingus you're right in that it's 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 weird they don't there's no heat it's not a william hurt kathleen turner thing uh right but but i kind of think and maybe I'm giving it too much credit that it's not supposed to be yeah, because they're both above that or they both only ever use that as a tool. Um, and it's Russia. They're supposed to be closed up. They're paranoid and they're constantly being scrutinized. And so they're, they're trying to look like robots as much as possible. It, it, well, that, they, they are constantly being scrutinized. I mean, she turns on the TV at that one time when she has a conversation with him before the glass pickup. Um but then later on, they're in the same situation, and they don't turn the TV on, and she just talks out loud about everything. I mean, it's just sloppy in that case. But I, mean, I guess I, I understand what you're going for. I just don't find that to be very compelling. Well, no, and, and that's kind of 
Right. In a way, I want to admire that, and that gets at what Kelly's talking about, about this is a movie Jennifer Lawrence is making that nobody would like. It's a movie about two <laughs> leads that don't have charisma. They don't have heat. They just happen to like and respect each other and, and be able to use each other without uh, sacrificing or hurting each other. Like I think he genuinely cares about cultivating her as an asset for the CIA, and he is a compassionate person, yeah, he, he, would, he would no sooner have sex with Jeremy Irons than he would with her, in that they're both his contacts, these people right. that, he wor- that he protects and works with. Uh, and if he does have sex with her, it's just to help her facilitate her idea with her bosses that she's seducing him. Um, so so I, I agree with you, Dingus, but I, I kind of want to say I think the movie does that on purpose, and if it's a tactical error, I, I think you might be right. But but I, I kind of want to respect that it that it is doing that. I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think well, it does it on purpose, but it's a weird juxtaposition with all that stuff at the beginning where you give her all this agony as a backstory, and then she's just closed off. That's where my problem with a lot of this is, yeah. is how ruthless is she, how uh, – how much does she hate her uncle? Does she love her country? Does she hate her country? Uh, how how is she suddenly able to steal herself while her this man is being tortured and then torture him and look so convincing to this other super high hardcore trained spy? Uh, she goes in and out of you know Dingus talk about her being stricken in Hunger Games. Like it looks like she's hitting different beats, but I'm not convinced that they connect into a meaningfully developed character. Right. It just seemed like at certain points she's super ruthless. Like when she talks down the Hungarian office chief, like she's super ruthless mm-hmm. with him in the strip club, and she will take no guff, and she's just completely in control and on top and knows what to do and knows how to manipulate the surveillance and everything. But then other times she's just kind of like helpless and, and stricken tortured. and uncertain and tortured and agonized. And I just – none of this felt connected to me, which is mm-hmm. – again, is one of the reasons I, I wish you guys would see uh, The Night Manager because what Tom Hiddleston does to connect and establish those different beats where you're wondering what is he doing? How much is he feeling? Why is he doing that? Uh, the Night Manager just sees all of that through so carefully uh. in a way that I don't think this movie did. and. Is- and even just having her like, her, if her the first thing we see her do is break her leg on stage as a ballerina. So is the takeaway that she's a bad ballerina and was born to be an assassin? Like without the language, I couldn't tell what these, ah, these linkages were. Right. But yeah. So Kelly Wan, what they establish is that her co-dancer, the dude sabotaged her on purpose so that he could get his girlfriend, who was her understudy, into the part. And so her uncle comes to her with this information uh, saying, you know, do with this as you will, but, you know, also consider working for me to sort of create in her or to check, I guess, how ruthless she's willing to be. So when she goes to the sauna, she's attacking her co-dancer who intentionally injured her. Uh, like that's, that's her uh, revenge. That's interesting too, and then that doesn't connect either. So now she's vengeful, and then she's cast as well. Well, here, here, yeah, exactly. So the problem is, and I don't know how much of this is they want to make the character sympathetic, but the problem is she does this, and then she looks like, oh God, what have I done? Like she feels remorse. Yeah, right. So and which is I, it? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is it? I, I really hoped, and it was sort of to my increasing dismay as the movie progressed that I knew this wasn't going to happen, but I was really thinking it would be cool if if we could see a movie like this where she ends up being loyal to Russia, Russia. where she ends up and, and 
but, but because of the way they introduce her character and the fact that she loves her mother and her uncle's kind of right. twirling his mustache, it's pretty clear that she's not yeah. going to, to be a loyal Russian agent. That This is going to be a movie about a good person defecting and helping the good guys and how she's going to foil the super bad guys. Um, yeah. But I really had – I really was hoping early on maybe she's not going – maybe she's going to completely play Joel Edgerton and we're going to find out the twist at the end like No Way Out is that she is a, a loyal Russian spy. And unfortunately, yeah, that would have been a more unexpected too. resolution. Yeah, and it yeah. would have been like the movie more like, what? I didn't expect that. But it would have been a way braver movie and I think in a way more uh, trenchant. Like I, watching this too, yeah, I, yeah. I felt yes. – how how kind of uh, quaint it is now that the Russians know they don't need to seduce spies. They just use social media and ad buys, and they support right. lobbying groups like the NRA. Like like this is kind of well, a Charlotte point. Rampling makes that point. Right, 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 exactly, right, right. But but, but the whole point of the movie too, being uh, that this program, uh, like. like so I I thought a lot about. Do you guys know who Anna Chapman is? That redheaded Russian chick. Um, no, so, no. So she was a uh, she was, uh, and I don't know what her her shtick was, but she was a model from Russia, and she came over here and she was working for the the uh, the SVR, like she was she was a, a an intelligence agent here, and she oh. was outed and she was sent back in an exchange, and now she's a famous personality in in, in Russia, but she's this beautiful. I mean, she's a gorgeous redheaded chick with bright blue eyes, and uh, so I, I kept thinking. You know, is this movie inspired by the Anna Chapman School of Russian Espionage? Uh, and if so, that's kind of quaint. I don't know if – I mean presumably Russia still does that. I don't know if that's their chief means of espionage or what. But I just thought this feels really – when would she have been? Like the 90s, I guess. This really feels 1990s, this idea that – uh, that they're using women to to sleep with people when really they're they're just using people they're using troll farms now. It's just people right. in basements sitting at computers trolling message forums. Uh, so I I would have liked a movie. You know but that would have been an interesting a, movie too. It would, would have been a very different kind of movie, right? But yeah. I would have enjoyed the shock of discovering, yeah, this is an effective Russian agent. This is how ruthless the Russians really are. Uh, right. And and this is you know. This is what they have working for them, these characters, and we don't know whether we can trust them. And, uh, or even get us to root for them. Like, yeah, Russians, right, right, exactly, Kelly Wand. Like, exactly. The American characters are all dicks. Or, right. Well, instead, we've got, I mean, Joel Edgerton, for as much as I like him, is basically the Martin Freeman in this movie. I mean, he just <laughs> kind of yeah. flounders about. And th- this reminded me of, that, of Black Panther because of the. Because I think of the comment that it's making on our political system as that movie was also making, you know, putting a thumb in the uh, administration's eye, um, you know, about because of her little speech, because of the matron's speech about, you know, the Americans and most of the world are all, uh, you know, consumed with social media. Russia is the only one who has the will and will wait it out and will we, we will prevail because we are ruthless. You know, and, and this is what we're going to do. And I did like how. You know, they had these, you know, this idea of this being a horror school and they have a bunch of dudes in there who just seem like totally ineffectual. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a weird school and it was interesting and it also didn't connect with anything that happens later. Well, it also is weird. Like I, you know, I, I this is going to sound city, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so the at the little school part, like when the the woman sort of collapses at the idea of giving a guy a blowjob, I 
I mean, why is she in spy school? Like, if, right. if she can't, because you know, it, basically, you want people who can is, be porn actresses in a way. Like, like yeah. you, you want someone who's not going to be traumatized by having a dick in her mouth uh, if she's going to seduce people who are repulsive. Like, that's why is this woman enrolled in this school? She right. seems like a sensitive, thoughtful woman who doesn't want to give a guy a blowjob unless she's in a relationship with him. She shouldn't be in spy school. Drum her out, kick her out, and get porn actresses or whatever in there. Like, it just. I, it, it I just, assume she was there because she didn't want to be there and it was like a punishment. Like, it was her no, prison sentence. They, 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 they try to get the. The best in there, and and the only reason really? that um, Dominica yeah. is in there is because she's got connections, and that's why the matron is a little bit uh, annoyed with her. They and do it, explain Kelly Wan that these are are generally people with serious military training, like that's what, like, what Charlotte Rampling says. And, and one of the lines that that excuses what you're talking about is is you're here for your beauty, you're here for your strength, and some of you are here for your vulnerability, and that's important to us. And that's why that that sad girl is there. I think is because they think they can use her vulnerability because because what they're trying to do is is you figure out you know as Tom you know that that line about human beings are a puzzle. You you find what they're missing and you become that piece. Um, and so the vulnerable can use that, can can uh, use somebody's need for power um, and exploit that. And so that, I think that's the idea there. I don't think it works because I don't think that that actress is particularly compelling or believable in, in that she would ever be able to do anything uh, in, in a situation where she would have to actually act. Uh, How come the guys they bring into the class are all – bruised looking and handcuffed or did I imagine? Well, you're talking about, first of all, there's two different people that you were talking about in your offices. One is the guy <laughs> she beat up who was trying to rape her, who was another student. I shouldn't student. say anything. Yeah. No, 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 it's fun. It's actually fun. No, but everyone who's listening to this saw it in English. So just it doesn't that. matter. It's it's hilarious. You didn't say try harder about the, about Marta. So there's that. Um, but so <laughs> the, the guy who she beat up um, in the shower was another student who was trying to rape her, and that's the one that she. Uh, I got that. For. I got that part. That and was the, me just the guy that yeah. the guy that gets brought in is the degenerate um, that the girl calls out as a degenerate. He's a, he's a different guy. Yeah, Kelly. So Kelly would have missed all that exposition. They explain yeah. Kelly that this is a guy who was arrested for degeneracy. Uh, and they're showing tapes of you know how they blackmail people and for their sexual proclivities. Uh, and then when they show a tape of this one guy, a girl says he's a degenerate. And Charlotte Rampling is like, oh, well, here he is today. Bring him out. <laughs> <laughs> she says, you mean uh, he's homosexual? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who says that? Irons? No, no, that's Charlotte uh, Rampling. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you guys know uh, a movie called The Night Porter? Yeah. Oh, is man. That, that had an effect on me. Is it what? Is it a spin-off? Then another Le Carre movie? It's not. No, right. no, no. Good Lord, no. No, The Night Porter, uh, it's a 70s movie. You guys might be thinking of something else. Uh, oh. The Night Porter is uh, Dirk Bogart and Charlotte Rampling in a super sexually charged 70s movie. It was an Italian director. Uh, and it's about, and this is going to sound super uncomfortable, but that's the point of The Night Porter. And I remember seeing it as a kid. And having no idea what was going on, there's like the sexuality just blew fuses in my head because I didn't know what this was. And it was Charlotte Rampling, like super young, super hot. But the this the uh, the story is about a Holocaust survivor who, after the war, 
meets one of the guards from her camp who oh. brutalized her and gets into a relationship with him. <laughs> and it's really wow. just this weird, dysfunctional, yeah. sexual, psycho-thriller drama thing uh, oh. with Charlotte Rampling. And if you, if you Remember when yeah, movies like that got made? In- the 70s, yeah. That's the, well, I, and I think it's, it's, it's Italian. Like, it's English language, but I think it's an Italian production. Yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, that's a 70s movie. And exactly, Kelly, well, nowadays we get the reader. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's hysteria anyway. Like, there was hysteria over this <sighs> Yeah, but anyway, my, my point being, so my young mind had this 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 weird imprint of Charlotte Rampling, and I love seeing her in movies. And I, I, I really enjoyed her in this part. I kind of wish that the movie had been more about that and that it had been more ruthless yeah. with this idea of what that school was. Yeah. But, but I just had a lot of fun seeing Charlotte Rampling playing this woman uh, who's super experienced with sexuality, trying to teach it to these children because of my own experience with her in the movie The Night Porter. And your own experiences at Harvard. <laughs> we didn't, oh, we anyway. didn't have classes like that at Harvard, Kelly Wand. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, one last thing that I didn't get from the language, and I'm just curious if in, in English this was played out differently, but for the airport thing, when I think it's Charlotte Airport, or she comes out of the hotel room, no, it's not Charlotte Rampling. And then she puts her purse in the thing? Like, all that goes awry because she notices. It's kind of like in Black Panther when it takes off, we've been made! And, and then she up see now. Like, it oh seems like bad luck. Oh, I like, love, I love so amazing. I don't even have to imagine you because you explained clearly what you thought you saw. That, oh, that's. Yeah. But she uh, sees a suspicious-looking person standing near her, is what I saw. I yeah. Think. So again, you just the, all the the exposition. There's so much talky stuff in this. All right, uh, all right. That woman. Like that, that's like a Mary a Louise Parker. Mary oh, Louise Parker hey. was, was that really from her? the West Wing, and she looks like she's gone that through was the Brazil not- facial treatment. She's in every movie with red in the title. Stop she's thinking, great. Is that really Mary Louise Parker? Yeah, that's Mary Louise no, Parker. No, stop. I'm going to look this up. Boucher, yeah. Um, I thought she had had like a Molly Shannon kind of thing. I was like, she looks familiar. I knew it wasn't Molly Shannon. Again, I think she's gotten the facial treatment from the mother in Brazil. I mean, I think that her – I mean, I I hate to say this, but I I just wish people – I wish actresses wouldn't mess with their face. You're right. It always looks worse. Yeah, I knew it the moment I saw her because she's so – And she was a beautiful woman. Yeah, she was a beautiful woman. She's super smart. She's really great in the West Wing. She's she's quick. Uh, um, just and they put cement in their face. It's terrible. And then and then this happened. And then you know there's this whole you know she just stumbles around drunk for a while, and then she gets hit by a bus, which is or a truck or a van, whatever it is. And in that moment, you know what's going to happen, and you're like, yeah. come on, don't do that. Please don't do it. Please don't do that. And they did it. That's another thing. When people jump out of the way of onrushing cars, the the flip side of that is if a car's out of screen, you don't hear it coming, and he doesn't, and the driver doesn't see the person standing. Right, right. Like Final <laughs> Destination when the bus hits her. Yeah, well, he uses, driver, yeah. he uses that joke in, at the beginning of Constantine, but it's kind of you know a little flipped on its head a bit because the car like crashes into the dude holding the spear of destiny. Right. And, uh, well, and it just, the car folds around him because the spear of destiny protects him. So it's kind of, you don't hear the car coming. The guy just stumbles into the street in Mexico and, and the car rams into him, but it doesn't kill him. Um, 
So Kelly Wan, what 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 all you missed there? And I don't know. So this woman, <laughs> this this lush was the Sorry. the chief of staff of a an unnamed U.S. senator, yeah. uh, who. Uh, so so Jennifer Lawrence, that wasn't her mother. That was her roommate, and her roommate was cultivating that woman as a spy. And Jennifer Lawrence sort of took over. And they were bribing this oh, woman like to shades. get to get secrets. Uh, I haven't seen that, so sure. <laughs> the roommate has an interview with uh, the douchebag, and then she. But she gets. Oh, sick. is that how she meets Christian yeah. Gray? Yeah, oh. she meets him because the roommate gets the flu. She goes, "I can't. You do the interview, so you, my roommate, have to go do it." Wow, that could have played out very differently if not for the flu. Yeah, and then <laughs> the roommate should have been bridesmaid at least. I think. Yeah, yeah. she's she must be bummed. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, she. <laughs> I'd like to see a trilogy about her story after that. Like, wait, what? <laughs> like the Baxter. Okay. So, well, thanks for do you, do you recognize the, the roommate, Marta Tekla Reuten? Uh, no, maybe pass. She, she plays the inn, the the person who owns the inn in in Bruges, the pregnant woman. Uh, oh, good lord! Yeah, I would never would have replaced her from that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, Kelly Wan. Yeah. See. Wait, what's the point? <laughs> nothing. I just liked her in this. Uh, what I didn't like, and I, you know, one of the things that I, I really don't think, you know, you know, t- one of the things that Tom said that I, I want to appreciate because I like Francis Lawrence so much because of I Am Legend and Constantine, uh, is I, I just don't think it's very competently directed, and mainly because of scenes like the scene where Jennifer Lawrence leaves them at the consulate and sneaks into her roommate's room to look through her stuff and you know there's that barking dog thing that happens the dog disappears by the way we never know why the dog just disappeared oh well no more dog um but the dog is serving as an alarm while she searches uh her roommate's room and the dog starts barking and but there's there's no sense of urgency whatsoever for this scene. She's just like, la, la, la. Oh, here, let me, let me find this notebook. Oh, the notebook. Let, and this is something Alexandra said. I saw it with Alexandra, our friend. Uh, you need to write down the number $250,000. You can't remember that number, really? You have to write that down? That's a pretty simple number to remember. It's not that specific. I mean, that's it's a that's – like, a- Right, but that's the thing for the audience. Like that's for the know, slow people in the I audience. Know, they don't. Yeah, that's like having a talking computer. You know, she's you've got to do through the journal, and the woman is coming in. She's coming up the elevator. Yeah, I'm with but Dingus. there's no sense of urgency whatsoever about like, oh my god, I got to get out of this room so she doesn't see me. But the music tries to pretend that that's happening. That that urgency is actually happening. But for me, there's just no sense of urgency whatsoever. And, and I was like, well, maybe that's just me. And then after the movie, uh, you know, I went to the bathroom at the arc light. I'm washing my hands. And the two dudes that were in the theater after who left the theater right after us are in there. And one of them is at the urinal and he yells over at his friend who's at the sink and goes, you know what I really hated? That scene where she's in the apartment looking through that. <laughs> <laughs> he said exactly the same thing I was thinking about. Scene. I'm like, He's great. still festering about it afterwards, even though it was a two and a half hour movie and an hour later. He's like, man, that fucking <laughs> – while he pees, like it, he's finally getting relief and he's still annoyed. <laughs> so on that note, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Um, how do you feel about this trope of – 
I'm going to hide all the clues from you guys. I'll show you like maybe one or two. And then at the end, I'm going to show you a series of flashes that show you what was actually going on that we didn't bother to show you. How do you feel? What were the things we didn't see? Because I thought it was pretty clear. I mean, I I thought the payoff didn't work just from a a narrative perspective. But as far as explaining – because I knew exactly what she was going to do. I just didn't know how she was going to do it. And I didn't like the movie enough to to care about how she was going to do it. But I thought he established pretty clearly the bits with the the glass and the the passport number and the bank account. Uh, I forgot what other elements there were. Well, Alexandra's point about the glass, I think, I mean, she made that point too. That the, and I thought that was that was clever. I just wish there would have been more of, like, clue feathering in rather than at the end we're going to show you what you did. Big dumb. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. It's, it feels sort of like an Ocean's Eleven kind of a way of. See, was a robot. Uh, I fooled you rather than showing. I mean, well, I know Jeremy I Irons is going to wind up being the bad guy because you cast Jeremy Irons in that place. I he's mean, not the bad guy though. He's the good guy. Well, I know he's going to wind up being the mole. I should say, not not the bad guy. I should have said the mole. It's it's obvious that he's the high level guy, and <laughs> and you cast that guy, so he's going to be the mole. You know, um, Markinson did not see that coming. Yeah, I didn't either. Kudos I, I think Marketing. that's again, you're you're way too smart. Yeah. I don't think the movie telegraphed that. I still don't see it. I think it telegraphs it by casting him. I mean, I think that's what that is. And because he always plays a good guy. No, no, he's he, a, he's he, the big actor. He's too he's important to be in that role. In, in, uh, he, 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 I think if if it turned out that that was going to be the heavy who ends up torturing her, uh, I that would have. I, I didn't at all. When he, when he showed up, I mean, it seemed like the kind of thing he would do. Jennifer Lawrence movie playing the heavy. Eh, that, that makes sense to me. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm just explaining why it, you know, that that twist worked for me. All right. Um, OK. Because, he, right. you know, I you know, he's the he's the heavy in high rise, for instance. He's a bad guy in that. Uh, what else? Is he a bad guy. A dead oh, ringer. That. There you go. Batman. <laughs> Batman. He's the evil, the, the evil henchman in Batman. If you're a criminal. Fortune. Yeah, um, I think but the, yeah. well, but the the thing is, like, I I feel that the they do show you, you know, she picks up the glass, and you're like, what does she want with that? And she she it makes a big to do about going to the bank. You're like, why does she care about that? You know, that it's obviously clear. You know, I'll get your jacket for you. Why is he showing us that? Like, I felt like he was showing us stuff, and of course, yeah. there's no way we're going to know or care. Tells us why why the, what she's going to do with this, but right. It didn't feel uh, like you it felt like a, an obligatory Agatha Christie thing, where where yeah. her, her spells everything out, and then we cut back. Remember this scene where you didn't know why he was doing this? Remember that scene where you didn't know why she said that? Uh, I mean, it was That's kind of half the, the movie's book. dumbed down. <laughs> That's actually a really good point, Tom, because I, I think I dismissed that and the disc thing as just clumsiness. Because she goes into the other room to mess with the jacket and look at the passport for a few minutes, right. and he just stands in the other room like, well, I'll just wait for you to do that. And, do, do. and the, when she's doing the discs, it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to question that. Let's not go in there. Um, so I guess I dismissed them as clumsiness rather than as clues. So you're probably right. And I, I here's where, though, I want to give the movie – like I, I, I do think it's well-directed – in as much as you can be with this sort of thing. And I specifically want to call out the brutality of the, the skin peeling scene. Um, like, I, I think that's, that that's a really harsh scene. And in, a, in a, if the rest of the movie had been a decent support structure for that, that would have been hugely affecting, I, I think. 
um, to see her seeing him being tortured, to have to pretend to be complicit, to have to do, to have to participate in it exactly, uh, to have to win over the the other guy's trust enough where he'll turn away long enough, uh, the knife fight, the way, and I presume this is CG, that you actually see the wounds being inflicted, uh, the way everybody is getting stabbed, uh, just from, I mean, there were no real action sequences in this, but it, if that had been like an action sequence, I just loved how how brutal and 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 shocking that that, that was. Yeah, it's an R-rated uh, spy movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you, yeah. I don't. Do you think that the this movie? Do you think all the rapey, tortury stuff is worthwhile in this movie? What what rapey stuff? Uh, she gets raped at the beginning of the when the guy is garroted on like, top you know, of her. You mean rape, and, like, and she's there's an attempted rape in the shower, and whore school is essentially rape school. I think as as either Francesco or or Chris Markinson put it. Okay, I thought you uh, were you were implying that part of the torture was was, was rape. No, no, there's 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 rape stuff that goes on in it. There's torture stuff that goes on in it. I just don't think the movie. Yeah, and those are two separate things. It, though, and I don't think it needs it. Right, and those are those are two separate things. Uh, the rapey stuff you're talking about, uh, I do think needs to be in there because it's about spies using their sexuality, and it's about a woman mm-hmm. who is not initiated into this world, and how shocking that will be for her. You know, when she says he was inside me, that she, you know, that this is part. Her character has to go through that. The implications mm-hmm. of using sex as a tool rather than something that belongs to you and and the the person yeah. with, that you love, you know, and, and when the movie acknowledges that, because I watched that scene and was like, that's kind of rough. Is he actually, is she getting raped? And when she says yeah. he was inside me, the movie needs us to know how deeply, literally she's been violated there. Right. And I do think that's important yeah. given what this movie is going to be about. I, I wish it had been a little better with that. Um, she gets punched in the face a lot too, like on screen. Well, and that, so that torture stuff, uh, I, I think gets to the brutality of this kind of life and the brutality of the Soviet Union. And by the way, we can no longer say the brutality of the other guys because this is a brutality in which we participated after right. in the wake of 9-11. Um, my problem with it, Dingus, uh, is – you know, The Jason, other half. <laughs> well, Jason Clark has that great line in Zero Dark Thirty where he says, it's just biology, bro. Like it's going to happen when she gets tortured. How come she can hold out? Like, how is she oh. torture? This is the uh, the the thing that you say that I think is right is that suddenly the hero can punch harder than the other person. Exactly. Suddenly the hero can withstand being waterboarded, like Denzel yeah. Washington in that movie Safe House. Yeah, waterboard yep. Denzel. Whatever. He'll 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 power through it. Uh, torture is it's biological. You break. Torture breaks you. Now, the question is, does it make you give reliable intelligence? Does it make your confession true? No, it makes you tell the person what they want to hear, and torturers know enough to know that. So if you want to torture someone to get the name of a mole, you can do that. That will work given enough time and that you know what you're doing. If you want to, for the debriefing – and this is what it is in the Soviet Union when a a spy comes back – for that debriefing – they know what information and how to get that information from people, and she's not a hardened spy. She does not have training in how to withstand torture. 
Uh, right. So I don't know how it is that she doesn't break during that, and that's my problem there. Is what we have a, a ruthless. You know, this is an institution in the Soviet Union. There are no novices like we were after nine eleven. This is a way of life for those people. I, I read a really good book called The Orphan Master's Son uh, about uh, 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 just a North Korean man and what it's like to be in North Korea. And one of the characters is a torturer in North Korea and just the dispassion professionalism that goes into how North Koreans torture their political prisoners is mind-boggling. And I'm sure that they've got nothing on the Russians. So when she comes in from the cold for that debriefing and is being put through all of that, I just – all of my willing suspension to disbelief went out the window if, right. for her to, to power through that and not give up what had happened. Uh, I thought it was that she doesn't have anything left to live for, but I couldn't know that for sure because I didn't know what the dialogue was. Well, but her mom is still alive time. at that point, Kelly. Her main motivation is taking care she of her She does mother. have things to live for. Yeah. yeah. So Marta is the one in the bathtub. She's 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 wanting to take care of Jolie Richardson and take care take care of her mother and get her mother care because the the Bolshoi has has covered the expenses of their apartment. The Bolshoi uh, uh, ballet company has covered the expenses of the constant care she needs. Um, she needs somebody there to supervise her all the time. Uh, and so her motivation is to take care of her mother. It, uh, she does have that to live for. Her mother has not been killed. So she's, and, she's looking to take care and try to get her mom out, and she can't do that. But she's, she's also just wants to take care of her mom. And also I think a way that you know that this is not going to be a movie where she's actually a, a loyal Russian spy is early on her mother tells her, you know, no matter what, keep a part of your – like keep part to your – keep something to yourself. Like keep something that's only for you, and that right. happens early enough in the movie, yeah. and the, the, the scene is, is given enough of an important accent that you know this is crucial to her motivation. So I think that's also how we're supposed to figure that she powers through the torture is she's kept right. something for herself and uh, – that's and I do thing, like man. I do like the uh, the sense of that that there's a double meaning for that 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 don't don't give everything to your uncle because he wants all of you keep part of yourself meaning don't your uncle's going to want to have sex with you <laughs> uh, and the state is going to want to fuck you so keep part I don't of think yourself. her uncle does want to have sex with her dingus oh I think, I think he her, does I nope, think I, I think, think it's he, very I clear think no I um, think she uh, she gets uh, the better of him. By making him want to have sex with her. And I, I think he's professional enough. He's like Joel Edgerton in that he's not just going to be seduced. He's not driven by his sexual needs. He's professional enough to overcome that. I actually really did like this guy, uh, M M Matthias Schoenertz, whatever. I, I liked this guy a lot in this movie, and I liked that scene where she basically was like, ha-ha, you want to kiss me. I made you want to kiss me. Uh, but I think for the most part, he kind of transcends that. Like I don't think he wants to literally – I don't think he wants to have sex with her. He wants to fuck her over and possess her for the state. Um, but I don't think he necessarily wants to sleep with his, his niece. Um, and I think that's kind of the point of that scene where she goes in to kiss him, and he's like, uh, if we're doing this, okay, I guess I will. And then she pulls back, realizing that she got the better of him. I kind of liked that dynamic. Mm. Uh, did, you, did you like him in this, Dingus? Oh, yeah, I loved him. I yeah. thought he was great. Uh, I thought he was really interesting. I, I just like the actor, and, and I and I do like, as Kelly Wan rightly pointed out, that he does have sort of a Putin-esque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a but terrible. That, I'm, I'm... Go ahead. No, go ahead. 
there's a, there's a terrible Tom Hardy movie where uh, Tom Hardy uh, befriends a puppy called uh, The Drop, uh, and Matthias <laughs> Matthias Schoonart. What, how do you say his name? Thing is, it sounded like you knew. I don't. I okay. I just said Schoonarts, but it might be Schoonarts. Yeah, I just I'm used to seeing all those letters together and recognizing them. I wouldn't know how to say them out loud. Uh, but he's got a great part in that movie, The Drop. He's one of the few reasons to yeah. watch that, which isn't very good. Um, and of course, Rust and Bone. He's great in that. Yeah. I I did like that you brought up the the point about no, you're, you're, the torture is biology. I forgot the, the um the zero dark thirty thing because torture is biology, but it's just biology, yeah. bro. Like that's what he tells the guy. What I'm thinking of is the way it's used at the beginning of Ronin uh, when Sean Bean is talking to Robert De Niro's character. He's like, "Have you ever been under torture?" And Robert De Niro is just very practical. He's like, "Yeah, you're always going to you're always going to talk." That's just the way it is. Ah, well, how'd right. they get you to talk, Grasshopper? What's that? You know, like, <laughs> well, uh, two parts cream de menthe. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, that is good. See, All right. I would have missed that in German if I'd seen so, it. So, um, uh, something, uh, Francisco, and I think I'm going to probably just cut and paste his entire email because this is it really, he. Uh, he has some excellent, really excellent points. Uh, one of his final points is Lorraine knew how to wear a bruise. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that point because for me, uh, I just kept thinking about how much more I enjoyed Atomic Blonde than I could stand watching this movie. And I just thought that this movie was way too long. And I never felt that way about Atomic Blonde. And I also never felt that way about her performance. I thought that Charlize Theron's performance as far as being able to hold her pain and carry it with her and and wear a bruise as francesco rightly says is head and shoulders above anything in this and maybe it's unfair to compare the two movies but i just didn't believe her i didn't believe uh, jennifer lawrence do you think that jennifer lawrence went to see atomic blonde and was dismayed at how good it was well she's like well if she's gonna go blonde then i'm gonna i'm gonna go blonde too (laughs) i can do blonde what do you think you guys all right, so uh, Red Sparrow, we we saw it. There you go. You're so welcome. Dingus, is there is there anything Slaves. to recommend? Like Francis Lawrence's. So that's what he's been doing. Those stupid Hunger Game movies. Ah. Oh. I, I tell you, I I couldn't stand them, and I don't think they I don't think they're any good. I I mean, I was told that Catching Fire. Uh, I I remember when Catching Fire came out, which is the second one of them. That it was so, that this one is really good. You should you should definitely see this. Okay, it got good reviews. Not. It was like ninety five on RT. The thing that to recommend them is actually the um, the arcs. <laughs> the arcs of Elizabeth Banks's character, which who is totally annoying <laughs> throughout the series, but goes to some interesting places as the series progresses, and Woody Harrelson. Um, oh, yeah. who's Hamish kind of uh, becomes paternalistic and interesting and cleans up and sobers up and goes through this interesting arc as well. Uh, the other thing, I mean, uh, you know, obviously we lost Philip Seymour Hoffman during that. Um, Julianne Moore plays a weird part and Donald Sutherland does a weird thing. And uh, I, I think the, the movie is so hobbled by the fact that the two male leads, Liam, um, 
Hemsworth and Joel Joel uh, Hutcherson, I think. Yeah, Josh Hutcherson. Yeah, Josh. Thank you, Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. they're so bland and <laughs> uninteresting lefty. that uh, you just you, you wish that Jennifer Lawrence could get together with um, Jenna Malone, who is in the movies, and she's the most interesting thing that happens in some of the movies. Uh, you wish that she were just. Just let her be with Jenna Malone or somebody, because these two doofuses are – every time she kisses them, I want to vomit. <laughs> and, and in fact, there's this great moment uh, where um, Josh Hutcherson has to get, be given mouth-to-mouth, and Jennifer Lawrence steps back and lets the hot dude give him mouth-to-mouth. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, you – take care of that. I mean, I want him to come back to life, but really, do I have to kiss him that much? Um, and the hot dude is for, is pretty funny. I can't remember what his name is on something, man, but he's, he's pretty good. Uh, but overall, they're just, it's just increasingly bad CG, uh, and increasingly uninteresting storylines. And it's just, yeah. It's just falls apart. Two and I think, days? Jesus. So you I think saw him, Kelly wand. I read the books, and that's the no. least good. That's the boring book. That's the one where you go, all right, nigga, let's wrap it I up. I think they, they kind of ruined Francis Lawrence in a way, or, or he let himself be ruined by them. Because there's just nothing there. As far now as that we are uh, Robert Pattinson fans, did any of us see Water for Elephants? That movie no. Did? Oh, my gosh. I didn't either. So uh, Francesco says, Francesco uh, Petraccia, uh, and – uh, I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Uh, uh, you've written a fantastic email. He says, well, I'm hard pressed to pick something I truly liked about the movie. Uh, he's anticipating your question, Tom, I think. Mm-hmm. I actually did feel a spark of character growth in the scene in which Dominica walks out to Nash, tells him she trusts him, then rides him to a non-faked physical gesture. <laughs> oh, Yeah. It's awkward for a sex scene, and we can't tell whether Nash is getting anything out of this, but I found it interesting to think that this was the first time in a long time or ever that she got to enjoy sex on her own terms. Had the chemistry between Lawrence and Edgerton been somewhere north of zero and the direction a little clearer, this could have been a powerful scene. So did you guys think that sex scene was hot? No, she didn't seem into sex. (laughs) But go on. I didn't understand it. Like I, I did feel like it was something that she was – I thought at the time she was doing it because she wanted her bosses to know it had been done. And I was thinking that – like are they going to like check whether she had – like I, I, I thought she was just doing it mechanically because she knew it had to be done for her to be convincing. And and this is what I guess Francesca's Francesco's getting at. I didn't I, – like I didn't think she did it because she was into him. Uh, and she uh, presumably had an orgasm, but I, yeah, I didn't understand the motivation. I also didn't understand why does she lie to the CIA about it? Yeah, and, and yeah. furthermore, why is she magically able to pass a polygraph now when she lies about that? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't understand the whole the role that that was supposed to take in the movie. Uh, so I do share. I, I, yeah, I, you know what? I just flat out polygraph. didn't understand it. What I do, what I do, what I don't like about that scene, and then the scene at the sink later on, is how how sex works in this movie is that all of a sudden something just pops out and into somebody. I mean, it, it it's not how that works really generally. In Russia, 
<laughs> in, in Russia, it pops into you. Yeah. Um, but I think she was getting off on it for, for her own reasons. And I like the way that Francesco puts it, that, that she's having sex on her own terms for once. And, and maybe that's what's going on there. Certainly, I think, I think Alexandra liked that scene a lot more than I did, for instance. My favorite line is when maybe it's because the only line I understood uh, is she, uh, what Mary Lee's part goes into a bar and goes vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You know, I've never yeah, seen her, her, her TV show, but I know you know she's been around forever. I still she's like a, a, a Jesse James wife in Assassination of Jesse James, that heartbreaking movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think of her as. Uh, oh, and yeah, she comes up to movie. Jeremy Renner, and she's like, I'd give you some water, but you'd just cough it up when he's been shot and he's lying oh. on the floor. Is that her? I forget. But anyway, she's in Assassination of Jesse James. Yeah. yeah. My favorite honey. line in the movie is, no substitute for a good old-fashioned blowjob, in my experience. Who, who says that? Is that which, Mary Louise which, Parker? Who says that? I concur, but which movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who said it. I just remember writing it down. Right. All right. Well, uh, what are, what are we going to see next week? How can we top this? Um, do we have to top it, or can we just equal it? Let's see if we can at least equal it. That's what I vote for. Uh, I, I, you know what? Oh yeah. I'm now remembering what we're seeing. Considering what we're seeing, I will be elated if we at <laughs> least equal. Red Sparrow, which I didn't care for that much. If we get competent filmmaking, which I kind of thought Red Sparrow was, I, that will be that will far surpass my expectations for Eli Roth's remake of Death Wish, which we will be seeing. Oh my god, I forgot that we were doing that because the, the listener full of torture. I wonder if that because Chris Markinson says I think he said I wish this movie had a 30 percent less torture. And <laughs> what Death Wish? No, the the movie we just saw, and um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Alexandra walked out of Free Fire. Do you guys I remember. remember that? Yeah, John Denver. She doesn't like. I John could Denver. tell. I could feel it. She was about to walk out of it. Oh, the oh right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. And I was she wondering, like gruesomeness, because I got I got crap from Tom for not walking out with her during Free Fire that I was a bad boyfriend for not doing no. so. And I was That's wondering individual decision. Individual as I sit there. If she walks walks out and I can feel it about to happen, she's turning away, she's cringing. Uh, I can feel she's about to walk out during the torture scene, like where <laughs> where he's quote unquote shaving, where where they're shaving the guy's back. What's hilarious um, about that, real quick, is that they don't show it. So from Kelly Wan's right. perspective, where he hasn't explained what this is, to Kelly Wan, it looks like he's just shaving his back. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think as you were saying, you could feel her about to walk out. I could feel this. her about to walk out, and I'm just sitting there thinking, am I going to have to walk out too? Oh, my God, I can't, because I can't. There's no way I can see this movie another right. time. Right. <laughs> I can't bring my son to it. This is the only time my son has, you know, my son's with his friend right now. You know, this is a hard R movie. There's no way I can take him to it. Oh, God, what am I going to do? Uh, but luckily, she did not walk out. You guys powered through. You, you made yeah, it. We powered um, through it. But what did you think they were holding up there, Kelly? When When... <laughs> The, those those weird bits of beef jerky or whatever that he's holding up after. Like after. some snacks that he brought. To... <laughs> it's for fruit roll. Yeah. It's fruit snack. Roll Why is work. she never hungry in this movie? Because it's Russia. <laughs> I'm not hungry. No, no hunger. No, no hunger game. 
Anyway, Death Wish. Sorry, I'm sorry to derail. No, no. So yeah, we'll we'll see Death Wish next week. Uh, uh, if you guys see it, and we're talking not <laughs> the original one with uh, Charles Bronson, uh, the remake with Bruce Willis. Send your thoughts to x 3 at quarter to three dot com. We want to know what you think of it. Uh, also, just as you're going about your business next week, be thinking of your favorite auditions in mm. movies. If any of them come to mind, they don't have to be three. It can be one or two. It can be three. Send those to 3x3 at quarter to three dot com in a separate email. And uh, at the end of the month, we will do our three by three of our favorite auditions. Make sure to get those in by March 25th at midnight. And then finally, as you heard at the beginning of the podcast, this is your last week to get us uh, votes for Make Us Watch Whatever You Want 2018. We'll do a drawing for that next week at the end of our Death Wish podcast. So join us for that. Yeah, awesome. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Murlowski, I think. It's Christian Murlowski. Exactly what I said. And Eustinoff was Eustinoff, not Eustinoff, by the way. But anyway, it's Christian Murlowski. Who said that? We have a problem. Keep calling him Dmitry Eustinoff, which was weird. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you were listening to Russian. Yeah, I was just yeah, stuff I don't pay much attention to. Yeah. Although I was watching parts of it thinking, I wonder if Alexandra thinks this is a good accent. Nope. <laughs> I can tell you definitively, nope. She would giggle at certain times. She did love the moment where the dancer, where she passes the dancer to go on stage because that's a legitimate thing. It was, I forget what she says the euphemism is, but it's like break a leg, but it's what dancers oh would God. use to break a leg. <laughs> Oh, that would have been funny as shit. I just now got that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, we had with us Kelly Wand. Tom Sawyer's the Barney Stinson of the Huck Finn universe, huh? Body switch movie, uh, Trump and Lincoln. Let's do it. Kelly, Kelly, put on your clothes. Oh, and do the whole podcast? Ugh. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have what eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Oregon Six. Is that a question? Yes, sir? Walter. That's a question. That is correct. Uh, uh, body switch movie, Alien and Predator. Your body, body switch movie, <laughs> Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon. What, Dingus? Thoughts? Your, your body belongs to the state, Kelly. Body belongs. Body belongs. Okay. I'm in. All of it? <laughs> <laughs>